You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello. <laughs> this is Jay Horowitz with uh, this is amazing conversations with the Captain David Wright. My first question to you, it's been almost five years. Have you forgiven Pete O'Brien for catching that foul ball? <laughs> <laughs> yes, listen, at that point, I was just glad I made contact and I didn't embarrass myself too much. So the fact that I was able to somewhat put it in play was a win for me. And this is, we're talking about your last game, was it September 29th, 18? Sounds about right. And and you hit a blazing foul ball <laughs> to first base. Yes. And the whole crowd was, drop it, drop it, drop it, and he caught it. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was so excited to to obviously come back and be able to put the uniform right. on one more time. Um, that the results for me, of course, I would have loved to, you know, had a storybook ending and, you know, got a couple hits and made I a couple down I tried to bribe them all these pitches. They wouldn't go for it. I know. You obviously didn't try it to bribe them no. enough. You didn't have enough money to, uh, no, to bribe them. No, no, um, So, but, you know, it didn't end quite the way that I wanted to, but, uh, you know, what a special night. But, but after the game, he, he, he sent you an autograph request? Yeah, so he um, he asked me to to sign uh, something after the game, and you know the whole game, you know the fans are chanting at him and booing him, and you know which makes New York spectacular right. is that they care so much, and even the next year, yeah. you know, like they they just would not let it go, and it was real cool to be able to, uh, you know, sign, I signed one ball that said you should have dropped it, and then I signed a real one for him. And, um, you know, just a real cool moment for me to obviously put the uniform on one more time and to go out in front of the uh, the Queen's faithful because, uh, you know, they've had my back since day one, and they've seen a lot of, you know, good, bad, and, and ugly, and they, they've always stuck behind me. So, so fast forward to spring training 2023, you're back in the Mets family officially, doing some appearances for sponsorship, assorted other things, and how does it feel to be, you know, back doing stuff, you know, Stuff you've done your whole career with charities and other things like that. Well, I I love being back. You know, this is I've said it a million times. I bleed orange and blue. You know, this is my extended family. So, um, you know, I I can't tell you how excited I am to be back. Um, the only downfall is, is I think now you're my boss. Is that this is true? Is this true? I just thought it. I am your boss. Yeah. You know? So that's that's one of the the, the, the alumni director. I know and that's now what, you're an that's alumni. one of the negatives of this well, is that. I feel like I have to start bringing you coffee in the morning. No, or... I like egg creams. Egg creams uh, and, and, and donuts. Egg with a nice <laughs> yeah, okay, on it. got it. And I'll it... get that order for tomorrow, please, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it right away. But 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 so you're going to be doing one of the things you're looking forward to is you're going to be involved with the, the battle of the badges, firemen, mm -hmm. policemen, playing in. I think it's August 10th in City Field. Your father's in the police force. An important date for you. Well, it's you know well documented. You know uh, you know my support for uh, you know both the police and the fire department and. Um, you know, a lot of that is obviously through you with the, the firehouse visits and the 9-11 visits and being able to, um, you know, get to know on a personal level a lot of the, um, you know, fire, firefighters, the police officers in New York. Um, and that stems from a young age of uh, my appreciation for the police department with my father. Um, so I'm really, really excited. Out of all the things that, you know, I'm kind of doing within the Mets family, I really have uh, that August 10th date circled because I'm, I'm excited to, to, to get back and, um, you know, see what that, that, that game's all about. You know, my first meeting, I think it was my first meeting, July 
of 2004. Sam Levinson, your agent, called me as a favor and said, could you get David into the All-Star game in Houston? He, he was set up to meet with Scott Rowland mm -hmm. to talk about what it's like to be a major league thing. So I forged that you were a columnist for the Norfolk Star or Norfolk Gazette. And I for I've never done anything like that. Is, am I gonna be an accomplice for this? Like I've I don't know if I want like I don't my, I don't want this on life. I don't want this on record because I'm not sure, you know, we should be admitting to that. But you 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 talked to Scott Rowling a long time, mm. right? And he filled you in a lot of mm. do's and don'ts of So I got I got lucky where um, you know, I had the opportunity to play in seven all star games. So I know how crazy the all star game festivities are. Right. And you've done like, how many dozen all star oh, games yet? Uh, so you know as well. Right. Um, so for Scott to take the time to come grab me out of the stands um, during batting practice, bring me onto the field, bring me into the clubhouse before the game and sit me down in front of his locker and kind of go through some of the, not so much the, you know, the, the X's and O's of baseball, but the mental side of it, the preparation, the work ethic. And, and Scott was like my guy, you know, like that's the guy type of player that I wanted to be. Um, and I couldn't be more thrilled for him getting in the Hall of Fame. And uh, it was kind of a funny side story that I was looking through, through some things um, in storage uh, the other day. And I came across, he signed uh, a, you know, in the All-Star game, you get a bunch of a box of hats. And he took one of his Cardinals All-Star hats and signed it for me. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's prominently displayed now. Um, but it was kind of reminiscing going through some memories of, of, of being in that clubhouse with some of the best players in the National League. And, Having Scott Rowland, you know, a guy that I looked up to, you know, kind of giving me the, uh, you know, some great advice that I used throughout my career. And shortly after you started your foundation, was that his idea, your idea? I mean, you were really like 23, 24 years old when you started your own foundation, which is an anomaly to stay in. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that I learned at a relatively young age. I come from a blue collar family. You know, my dad was a police officer, my mother worked in the school system, was our bus driver growing up when I was in elementary school. Um, you know, so I realized that at a relatively young age that you could do some good, um, and not necessarily just with, you know, the financial means or the throwing money around, but, you know, bringing awareness to certain things, uh, you know, putting together events where people enjoyed coming to that you could raise awareness and funds for, for great causes. And, um, you know, that's something that, that stuck with me and something that, um, you know, I pursued, you know, my entire career. So something I was very fortunate to get involved in some great causes and um, raised a lot of money for those great causes. One thing you and I worked together a long time is at the hospital in Norfolk, mm -hmm. and it's, I, I can't remember, it's such a long name, the King's Children's, Children's Hospital. No, the other CHKD. Yeah, Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters. But that's a lot. It's a yes, great yes, hospital. It is. It's name. a mouthful. It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. I could never have got it right, but yes. raised a lot of money. It's really, mm. what, it's the largest uh, kids' hospital in, in Virginia? I'm so it's a, it's, it's a destination, it, like you wouldn't think in Norfolk, Virginia, that they would have a children's hospital that was a destination hospital for kids, not only all around the country, but all over the world coming to this hospital. Um, you know, and they do some, some, some obviously great work, um, you know, great people. Um, you know, I've had gotten to know a lot of the kids and kept in touch with the kids over the years. Um, and to be able to, with, with the first couple events that we did, we were able to put a brand new playroom into the hospital where the patients that were there for more of a, a long, longer-term treatment could go to this playroom and get their minds away from, um, you know, the the, the 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 troubling, you know, treatments that they were having, where they can just for you know 15, 20, 30 minutes get away and play video games or play with, 
uh, action figures or dolls or uh, playhouses or whatever the case may be, um, we were able to do that and then put a system in the rooms where um, you know you could watch movies, play video games. So so you know really uh, you know great work done. You know I get a lot of the credit for it, but people behind the scenes and the people that supported it and people that came to the events and donated money and. Uh, the great people that work at CHKD for, for helping me put this event on. Um, just a, a tremendous cause and something that's obviously near. One of the first things we did when he came was a, a room, the David Wright room, the Ronald McDonald House. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that was a, up in New York. Up in New York, mm -hmm. that was when it was. Yeah, big. I mean, it was, uh, you know, again, um, I can't imagine now that I have kids. Um, you have three young kids. I got three young kids. What are the ages? 642. 642. I can't imagine um, what the parents must go through, you know when their kid goes through these types of treatments. So, uh, you know, to be able to help out, um, you know, for the Ronald McDonald House, the burden of finding a place to stay, uh, paying for that place to stay while your, your, your kid goes through the treatment. Um, you know, I look back on it at the time I didn't have kids, so maybe I didn't understand the, the severity or the entirety of, the, of what actually the Ronald McDonald House, uh, you know, brings to the table. But, you know, being a parent now, I'm very appreciative that I got involved at a young age with the Ronald McDonald House and another great organization. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, remember baseball-wise. Uh, I know Scott Rowland, you know, mm -hmm. my first reaction when he got in the Hall of Fame is, could have been David Wright. Ha! Well, I appreciate that, Jay. I mean, if you look at your career, first 10 years, mm -hmm. you wind up uh, 242 homers. Uh, 970 RBIs, almost 2,000 hits, seven All-Star games, two Gold Gloves, two Silver Sluggers, and unfortunately the injuries mm -hmm. started. Do you ever go back and look? What have you gotten? You've been five years gone now. Have you ever gone back and or you got, gotten over that stage or you know? Of course. I mean, I think that um, you know you're only human, so I think you, you you have to. It crosses your mind every now and then, and you know. I never played the game for the, you know, the personal accolades, you know, uh, and obviously the Hall of Fame being the, uh, you know, the greatest personal accolade. But, um, you know, I think that when, certainly the path was there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I think that you know, it's it's when you, when I look back on it, and you know, as soon as I start kind of playing that what if game, you know, what if I would have stayed right. healthy? What if this would have happened? What if that would have happened? You know, you think back about it, and. Um, you know, it, it, it brings a smile to my face knowing that I did everything that I possibly could and I tried to play the game the right way. And I, you know, it wasn't like one of these things where it was like, if I had just, you know, worked a little harder, or if I just put in a little more time, or if I just prepared a little bit more, maybe I would have been able to reach that pinnacle. But, you know, that wasn't the case. It was, it was some crazy injuries that, you know, obviously happened on the baseball field that just um, were looking back on them ultimately out of my control. You know, it's you try to play the game hard, you try to play the game the right way, and sometimes injuries happen. In my case, um, ultimately it ended my career, but, um, you know, looking back, it's not like I could have prepared any differently or, or tried harder or played harder or, 
you know, uh, it was kind of something, these freak injuries that were a bit out of my control. In 15, yeah, I think you were at in April with spinal stenosis. I, I, I had the injuries. And I didn't know how to spell spinal stenosis at that time. But I, what I remember about that is you come back in Philadelphia in mm -hmm. August. I missed from April to August mm -hmm. that year. And we got there. On a Friday night, you're waiting in the lobby in full uniform, handing out cookies to the guys. Well, it wasn't to the guys, it was to you. Well, I ate the cookies. I wasn't the only one ate the cookies, though. Um, a, you were in full uniform, right? I was excited to be back. You know, um, I had gone through so much rehab and put in so much time to try to get back on the field. I watched every inning of every game, you know, whether it be in person or, um, you know, when I was rehabbing on TV. You know, just. I put in so much work and so, and finally to, you know, get that plane ticket to Philadelphia to meet the team. I was just so pumped to, uh, you know, get there and be a small part of, of, of the team that ended up, you know, going deep into the playoffs and, um, you know, falling a little bit, of short, little bit short in the World Series. But, and a lot of the guys, I think we talked about this before, a lot of these guys, like, I had never really met. You know, we made a flurry of, of deadline right. deals. You know, so what way to, what better way to introduce yourself than to hand out yeah. cookies? Now, nobody took them except you. I took about but four I think of you them. ate the whole box. I, well, but the next day, the story's even better. So I remember I was in, when you and Terry in the office, Terry, bat me down lower in the line. You mm -hmm. didn't mean to be bat me fourth. You bat your fourth, first bat home run. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, you know, it still kind of, you know, gets me excited and gets the juices flowing yeah. a little bit thinking about that day. I remember how nervous I was in batting practice. I usually... You know, one of my strengths was going up the middle to right field. Um, and in batting practice, I couldn't stop pulling the ball. And that's <coughs> not like me. So I was pulling it, pulling it, pulling it. And it was just, I was so anxious and so excited. Um, and I remember going into Terry's office and saying, and Terry I was and I, there. I was yeah, had, had, had and have <coughs> a great relationship to this day. Um, and telling him, like, hey, bat me wherever, play me wherever. Uh, you know, don't feel like you have, you have to, a, play me, or B, because uh, we had <laughs> Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe playing great. Um, and if you do, you know, hit me wherever. You know, it's the, the don't, I have no ego in this. You know, just, just, just do whatever you think is best for the team. And he goes, I will, David, I will, David. And then I look at the lineup card, and I'm hitting fourth in my first game back. So, um, you know, but, but I was able to, you know, take a little bit of the pressure off, hit, hit the homer my first at bat. 2016 um, in May, Played game against the Dodgers on a Friday night. You hit home run, and that was really the last game you really played. Did you know it was that bad after that? I mean, we slid it to second base. Yeah, that I mean, day. I think I knew that um, I, I was playing well. Uh, I got off to a slow start that year, but my neck had been bothering me right. like the whole year, and I, I didn't know what was going on. And it got to the point where I think my last at bat in that game against the Dodgers, I hit a homer early in the game. Right. And my last at bat, I struck out, and I remember like I couldn't get my neck to turn all the way to the pitcher, like to see kind of like I had to open up my like make a bunch of changes. I was like this something's not right, and I had surgery a couple of weeks later, and um, you know. There's another surgery too, right? Through the neck surgery, um, they, you know, it was unavoidable. But through the neck surgery. They had to mess with a couple of nerves that go into my right shoulder, and that kind of messed up my right shoulder for a little bit. So it was just a, you know, a kind of a chain reaction of events that, that was, for me, the, the beginning of the end. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how, how important was it? You, you said to me you wanted to get back on the field for the, for the game in 18 mm-hmm. so your kids could see you playing. Your daughter threw out the first pitch. And you had to work your behind off to get to that point. I mean, I, I was in St. Lucie with the three or four hours a day in training. I mean, just, I mean, that was really, I mean, this, this is what you, you want to get back on the field again. It was just briefly. Yeah, I mean, but the, the, the beginning goal for the whole rehab thing was to try to become a productive everyday player. Right. And then I, I quickly learned that my body was not going to allow that. Right. So then it became, you know, once, you know, my mind kind of caught up with my body and just saying, you know what, like I, I physically cannot do this. Right. Um, then it was the goal of trying to get out there for um, a series, a game, whatever I could, um, you know, the biggest reason for me was obviously to, to, to say thank you to the fans, thank you to the city, thank you to the organization. Um, you know, but also selfishly, of course, I wanted to play once uh, in front of my kids at the time. I had, I had my two daughters um, that were there to see me play. And it's kind of funny now because they'll, you know, see a replay or a snippet here and there on TV. And they get the biggest thrill out of, yeah, Olivia threw out the first pitch. Uh, Madison was a baby, so she was in, I think, my mother's arms. Um, so just they get the biggest thrill now. Of, uh, of you know, kind of seeing themselves on TV and understanding that that Daddy was a baseball what player. What a tribute was to that night! It was a really a nondescript mm-hmm. game, sellout. Crowd mm-hmm. was crazy. You spoke to the team to the crowd after. I mean, those are pretty good memories to have, right? Great, great memories. Um, again, I wish I could have gone out on a high note and got a hit or a homer or something. But um, you know, to be out there, to run out there, play third base for a couple innings, to get a couple at bats. Um, the ovation from the crowd. I knew it was going to be special when I pulled into the parking lot, you know, at like noon or whatever it was that day, and there was dozens and dozens of fans waiting around the, the player parking lot, uh, you know, just with these huge signs, and the, the show of support was, uh, you know, multiple times brought me to tears, and, and, you know, again, to this day, you know, one of the greatest memories that I've ever had on a baseball field. Um, with, with the kids, um, I got one kid story you told me. Who did you coach, Madison, with both of them? I've, well, Olivia played baseball before COVID. We played one game. Uh, Madison plays baseball now. I'm helping coach that team. And my youngest, um, you know, I want to slip his name to whoever's doing the amateur scouting now because I think he's going to be pretty good. All right, what story? One particular woman, you were at home plate, and the woman goes to you, did you dabble in baseball? <laughs> I was my first game for T-ball for my oldest yeah. daughter. And she must have been probably maybe four. Yeah. Um, so I'm nervous, it's my first game. I don't know if, you know, it's early in the morning. I didn't know if I had to show up early to put the bases in or line the field or whatever the case may be. I think I, I might've been doing something and I couldn't go to the coaches meeting. So I think my wife, Molly, went to the coaches meeting for me. So I, I felt very unprepared for this T-ball season. Um, so I get there. Um, the lady who was coaching the other team had, I think three sons and this was her youngest son. So we meet at home plate and I'm like, hey, first game, you know, rookie to this, you know, I'm gonna kind of follow your lead. And she's like, um, yeah, you know, uh, I have a lot of baseball experience. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad I'll be able to follow <laughs> you your lead. you never said you were. No, no, no. And she said, uh, did you ever play? 
baseball. And I said, I dabbled a little bit. She goes, okay, great, just follow my lead today. And I was like, okay, got it. What, did she ever find out who you were? I don't think so. I don't think so. So one of my other favorite memories, I'm screwing up the time thing, 2013 Captain America. Mm -hmm. um, you left to go to WBC, and we had a surprise for you. I got into your uniform, because you were gone, and Terry needed somebody to field ground balls at third base. I decided to fill in. So I was outside, you and I had a little toast. I somehow got into your number five. Boy, was it a struggle. My yeah. Didn't fit. Those buttons were screaming. They were popping. Those yeah, buttons they were. were popping. Well, you know, the funny thing is I felt like I came into spring training in pretty good shape that year, and then you put my uniform on, and then when I got back, the uniform was, like, big and baggy, and I couldn't figure out why, and now it all makes but sense. But what a great uh, yeah. year. I mean, uh, uh, 10 RBIs, over 400 bandy. I mean, Grand Slam mm -hmm. against Italy. You know, the WBC. Mike Piazza was the hitting coach for Italy right. that year. Yeah. So I remember hitting that Grand Slam against Italy and rounding third and kind of glancing into their dugout and seeing Mike scowl, yeah. uh, you know, rounding third. So just I mean, you'd love cool the WBC, memory. right? I love, loved, part of it love the WBC. I think... Um, you know, I understand that it's tough to get ramped up that quickly in spring training, but I wish more guys uh, would kind of be all in on it. I'm not sure if there's a better time to do it during the year, whatever the case may be, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I have, I have two jerseys of mine hanging in my house right now. One is the World Series jersey, the Mets World Series jersey, and the other is my WBC jersey. So that's how important it was I, I want to tell if there's another side of Dan Wright people don't know. All-time great practical joker. Paul Tacklery, a mutual friend of ours, and once we trade. Friend? Friend. Good friend. Good acquaintance. Friend. Uh, no, he's a friend. <laughs> Somehow connected to you, you took the tires off of his car and scattered them around the stadium. This stadium. This stadium, yeah. right here. Uh, you know, we, we did a couple things with Tags every yeah. year. Tags is, Tags to his credit, uh, takes jokes well. Yeah. And I think once we learned that he took jokes well and he couldn't really get us back right because we have plenty of time and resources at our disposal right. in spring training um we started trying to do different pranks on tags each year so you mentioned the tires we we, we it was took, a peanut thing too in his yeah, car yeah we took uh we took his tires off and we hit him around the complex of his car we uh opened up his sunroof one year and we filled it with packing peanuts all the way to the top um and then one of my favorites is we actually hired with the permission of ownership we hired a uh a drywall guy to build a wall where his door was so that when he <laughs> came to his office, there was no door. It was just a solid wall. We never did anything to you, though, right? Well, again, I think that that's where, you know, I think that's where he understood that, you know, we had, especially when I became more of a veteran, that I didn't play in a lot of the away games. Right. And, you know, Jacob deGrom and a couple guys started, like, kind of, helping me out with these things. And he understood that whatever he would do to us, we would come over the top. And I'm not sure if that's a, I feel kind of bad now yeah. saying this, but um, you know, it's, it's, it was fun and he took it well and we joke around, but uh, obviously a dear friend and does a lot for the, for the men's yeah, organization. He did, he did a great job. Another dear friend I'm gonna bring up to you is I hope I don't cry. March 4th, mm -hmm. 70 years, Shannon Ford passed mm -hmm. away this year. It's unbelievable to me 70 years ago, I mean, you were close to, she was like a surrogate mother to mm -hmm. you when you came up with the restaurants to eat and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And team, you, team mom. Yeah, she was. And you mm -hmm. spoke at a funeral and yeah, I can't believe it was 70 years ago. Yeah. But you know, the thing with Shannon and for all the beautiful things, all true that, it, that have been said about Shannon, 
her legacy lives on with the people that she touched and the people that she helped and uh, her family and, you know, the, the women that she was a pioneer there, in my no, eyes in, in the industry. And, and not that there was anything, um, you know, wrong with the industry at times, but, you know, since Shannon, I feel like a lot more um, women have uh, become more confident to pursue no roles in front office, front office, uh, you know, roles. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with Shannon. So, you know, oh, Shannon, obviously we lost at way too early. Yeah, 44. But her legacy continues to live on. And I think that that can put a smile on everybody's face. I remember that day we went up to, to, to City Field, um, plus a thousand people at the mm -hmm. memorial service. Well, that just shows you, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's not, and it's not just players. Like it's, it's, um, you know, ownership all the way down to, you know, players, to coaches, to staff, to fans, to, um, you know, clubhouse attendants to, you know, vent to any, anybody that she ever came across at the stadium and outside the stadium, you know, she made a positive impact on their lives. And she was never afraid to back with the bigger plate, like the Piazza, you, and she, she wasn't intimidating in the locker room, you know? No, she was, it was amazing how, you know, for me being a young player from, you know, Southeast Virginia, you know, coming to New York can be overwhelming, but she was there to, uh, you know, at the time, I don't even know if we had like the phones that had the GPS, so she'd help me with directions getting, you know, this place or that place, or hey, you know, um, you have this media obligation tomorrow, why don't you show up a little, like helping me plan yeah. my day, or, you know, hey, try this restaurant, or try this uh, coffee shop, you know, it was just things that made you feel comfortable as a young player that, you know, that transition's tough. And when you have somebody there like Shannon that's there to kind of hold your hand and help you out, it, it made a world of difference. Listen, I'm glad you're back in the Mets family. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jay. I, I, boss. I, really, I thanks a, for having me, boss. I need a bagel with a little <laughs> lox and cream cheese, and I like, um, you know, everything bagel is good. Everything bagel. What, what are you who would be good? Got it. Okay. Got it. I will have it on your desk tomorrow I'm morning. Mets fans, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you'll be back doing stuff at the club, Dave. Thank you. Glad to be back. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Bye -bye. Jay.